It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is episode 38 of the One Slide at a Time series. This is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman, and I'm taking slides from previous presentations and taking them a level deeper, just focusing on one slide in these short 10 to 15 minute segments. The slide that I want to dive in today is related to Scrum. And I'm going to talk about the roles, the artifacts, the ceremonies, and the general rules of Scrum. Now, bear in mind, this is part of a two-part series because I don't talk about Scrum without also talking about Kanban. A lot of people think that Scrum is the only way to implement and to approach Agile. And that's not the case. Agile, when we look at the the four pillars, the manifestos, there are multiple different ways to implement it. Scrum just happened to catch on very early and a large percentage of people usually start with Scrum. But I think in the last probably five years, in my experience, I'm starting to see teams understand that they have a choice and They need to look at their way of working, their current state, and weigh which one makes the most sense for their environment. And then take it a step further. It's not just an either-or between Scrum and Kanban. There's even other ways of approaching Agile. We can talk about Spotify, for example, has an approach. And furthermore, there's also the concept of scaled agile. So note that I'm going to be taking each one of those individually, but I just want to, since this is the first one I'm taking, I want to make it clear that it doesn't end with Scrum. There's other options as well. But let's talk about Scrum and why it's so popular, because it does have a lot of great characteristics. And the one thing that you'll also find is being agile, being flexible, means that you can combine and mix and match characteristics between Scrum, between Kanban. And that's when you come up with things like Scrum Bond, um, even Scrum Fall, as in Scrum and Waterfall. So 
there's that flexibility and I encourage you to stay open-minded, but I'm also going to give you a few warnings, things that have been tried and have proven not to be the best combination or the best subset of approaches. There are some things that at a bare minimum that you should make sure is a part of the framework that you set up in Agile. So let's talk about those. The way Scrum was, was intended and was set up is that there's really about four major roles. There's the product owner, that's the, the person who is the voice of the customer, who has the, the vision. There is the Scrum Master. That's the person that shepherds the team. And then the team. The team acts like a unit in and of itself. There may be a lot of different skill sets on the team, or there may be cross-functional roles where everyone can do multiple roles on the team. Just depends. And then I did say that there was a, a fourth role. And even if you don't find this on every slide that talks about Scrum or every blog that's written about Scrum, the one thing I will tell, say in the real world is that you always have that fourth group, which I, can, I often refer to as the stakeholders, or even within the stakeholders are shared services. So the team in and of itself may not have all the specialized roles that are needed in order to build and create a system. So there's dependencies on these shared services. And where you have multiple teams, those teams are all looking to those specialized shared services. Shared services might be the UX team. It might be architecture. It might be the security team. It might be the database or data analytics. Those are shared services. There's not enough work to justify that every team has one of each of those specialties. So they stay in their own specialized group and then are used as needed. They're either assigned tasks related to the stories or they have stories that show as dependencies on the main story owned by the product team. Now, keep that in mind as far as the roles, the main artifacts, let's, let's talk about that. The main artifact that really kind of drives, holds everything together is the user story. It's from the user's perspective. It's how we help drive value, how we make sure that our focus is the customer, the customer's point of view. And we break these stories or slice these stories into small pieces so that we develop the story to include the front end, the middleware, and the back end. So these stories are slices. And when we think about the holistic cake, we often refer to that either as epics or features. 
Now, that all sets us up to then talk about ceremonies. When it comes to scrum, there are really about four main ceremonies. But secretly, there are really five or six that I see always happening along with those basic four. Now, most of you, if you've been exposed to, to Agile and Scrum specifically, you can quickly call off the main four. That's the daily stand-up, sprint planning, sprint review, and the retrospective. Now, so what are those other two? Because I said there's really secretly or six when you're really operating in the environment. The other two, if you haven't guessed it already, drum roll, are backlog refinement. What teams quickly find out is that you can't show up to planning with a backlog that is full of raw ideas. In order for that sprint planning to be productive, some homework, some pre-work needs to be done so that the stories are brought to the planning session so that you have enough information that you can comfortably estimate. And with those estimates, just then look at your velocity and capacity and identify the, what priority and what order you're going to work the stories in the next two to three sprints. So I strongly encourage teams to think of backlog refinement as a ceremony. And the reason why I specifically call it a ceremony, a ceremony means it has a cadence. So either we meet once or twice a week or two or three times within a sprint cycle so that you're doing the proper preparations so that you get the most out of your planning. So instead of having four hour or half day planning sessions or planning sessions that start out two hours, but you only get through two or three stories or they start out and you end up extending them, break up that four hours and have team members, all team members, because a lot of you already know, if you've been listening to the series, I see story writing, backlog refinement as a team effort. So divide and conquer. Do the research, then bring back. And everyone on the team can present a story, provide a story, provide the backstory with the oversight of the product owner. You'll get a lot more ground and a lot more traction. So... Think of backlog refinement as that additional ceremony. The other one is what is also known as, or referred to as Scrum of Scrum. This is a level of collaboration that goes beyond just the team. Most of Scrum in the ceremonies identified for Scrum, their focus is on what the team needs to operate within itself. But putting that 
in the real world, again, like I referred to the, the stakeholders, you cannot build a solution without additional and outside help and collaboration. So as you're working, build in a ceremony, a regular cadence for talking to the other teams. And Scrum of Scrum specifically is having the Scrum Masters across all of the teams talking to each other, having their own type of daily stand-up where they're often talking about one of the main things, their shared services, coordinating, making sure that we're all moving in the right direction, everyone's individually getting what they're needing, but without causing any repercussions to the other teams and their success as well. So sometimes it's helping each other. Um, sometimes it's making sure that if one needs to step back to let someone else go in front based on the priorities, sometimes that negotiation has to take place. Or sometimes it's an opportunity to identify reuse. So, as you can tell, I spent more time talking about these two additional ceremonies because those are the ones that, because they're not at the forefront, like the daily stand-up sprint planning, sprint review, and sprint retrospective, people find themselves just trying to juggle that on the fly or when needed or being more reactive than proactive. When you put it in the category of the ceremonies, you're much more intentional about making sure it gets done on a regular cadence. It gets the focus that it needs. Identify what that cadence needs to be for your teams. At first, if you wanna do a daily scrum of scrums, if you want to do a twice a week refinement. And then if you identify that you don't need quite that much, then you can roll it back some or reduce it to some extent. That's your option. But just make sure that it's on the calendar that you're thinking about it and you're being proactive about it. Now, that is my quick reference to the roles, the artifacts, and the ceremonies. There's more to come on this. You'll probably see this exact slide in the following episode as well. Because we haven't even talked about the rules. And especially why those rules exist. Why we have time boxing and want to keep ourselves from not getting into meeting overload, which some people find themselves. What they do is they turn the ceremonies into meetings. And now something like a daily stand-up that should be 15 minutes is now taking an hour 
It feels more like a status meme. Let's listen to my next series where I tell you how to avoid that. And if you're already in that trap, how we can roll it back. So thanks for listening to this episode. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.